Top performance by industry continue to convert cash more than three times faster than typical companies. Collect from customers 43% faster, hold 58% less inventory, and also take 50% longer to pay suppliers. Welcome to the Hackett Group's Business Acceleration Podcast. Week after week, you'll hear from top experts on how to avoid obstacles, manage detours, and celebrate milestones on the journey to world-class performance. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Business Acceleration Podcast Series. My name is Damon Roderman, and today I'm going to talk to Ishvan and Sean about the key findings of the 2021 U.S. Working Capital Study, how companies fared post-pandemic, what could come next in 2022, and what companies should be doing right now to inflate themselves. Sean, let's start with you. Can you take us through the main takeaways from this year's study? Sure. Thank you, Damon. So in terms of working capital performance, 2021 has been a year unlike any other in in recent history. It's actually the first year since 2010 where the full components of working capital, so CCC, DSO, DIO, and DPO, as Damon mentioned, are all exhibiting positive trends. I want to start with the DIO or the inventory performance, if you will. That was the most notable movement we've seen last year. So we saw a 2% improvement last year, where we usually see between 3 and 6% year-over-year deterioration in the previous years. I would say there are three main industries that are driving that improvement in DIO. So it's pharma, oil and gas, and biotech. So that's not surprising given the focus on production and distribution of the vaccine in 2021, as well as the restart of travel and the continued usage of logistics and distribution throughout the year. The other point I want to make also on the inventory side, it's I think it's interesting to know that these improvements more than offset the supply chain issues we've seen throughout the year. So for example, the Suez Canal bottleneck in March 2021, as well as the lack of raw, key raw materials and other finished components. So that's on the inventory side. I'd like to turn my attention to the DSO performance next, so the receivable performance. And here we saw a 2% improvement as well after registering consecutive deterioration of 2% in the last two years. And in terms of industries driving that improvement, so the top three industries are airlines, machinery, and recreational products. Industries that all have a strong business-to-consumer component and who typically fare well with an economic rebound. And finally, DPO, so the payable side. So the DPO continues its improvement trend. So we saw a plus, so a positive 0.3 days improvement last year, even though the rate of increase has slowed down slightly. So for example, we've seen plus 1.1 day improvement in 2019, plus 4.7 day in 2020, as I said, plus point three day in, in 2021. So a couple of points I'd like to make on the DPO, on the payable side. First of all, the slower growth of improvement of DPO is probably driven by two factors. First, the supply chain bottlenecks forcing buyers to requisition goods and services at terms and conditions that are more typically more favorable to the sellers, as well as companies reaching, I would say, the upper limit of payment term extension for the region. So that's the first point I want to make. The second point is around the usage of supply chain finance. So what we can say here is that the use of supply chain finance has not been hampered 
by the demise of green sale and the uh, subsequent tightening of gap rules. So supply chain finance is still alive, still doing well, is actually driving part of that improvement. Thank you, Sean. After an unprecedented year in 2020, which saw major operational and financial disruptions across most industries, the working capital performance did more than just bounce back towards those pre-pandemic levels in 2021. The key measures of working capital, DPO, DSO, and DIO that Sean was mentioning, all trended positively for the year. I believe you call that a rare triple crown event, which has not been observed by the Hackett Group's analysis since the end of the Great Recession. Ishran, let me turn to you. We talked about the macro level working capital metrics. What did your analysis reveal in terms of the particular industries and how they fared during the last year? Sure, Damon. You might remember that as part of our survey, we rank annually the best and worst performing industry based on the cash conversion cycle performance. This year, we noticed some interesting shifts in the best and worst performing ranking. So, the pandemic triggered unprecedented revenue decrease and working capital performance deterioration in 2020. I think we all agree that airlines, hotels, restaurants, and recreation were probably the two hardest hit industries by COVID-19, but all these industries recovered quickly from the pandemic-driven shutdowns. Now, if we would like to review a bit in more detail these industries and how they fared last year, when we talk about hotels, restaurants, and recreation, it's really notable that this industry is one of the winners of the economic rebound after the pandemic moving back from the worst performing to the best performing category with a 10 days or 33% cash conversion cycling improvement recorded in 2021. Now, if you would like to talk about what is driving this quick rebound, then definitely digitalization and higher margin revenue streams identified during the pandemic were behind this economic rebound and this really helped the industry to recover and these new revenue streams will contribute to sustainably increase revenue and improve profitability in the coming years. Now, if we would like to look into the airlines, then what we notice based on our analysis is that a strong demand and reduced capacity led to higher prices and so to significant revenue rebound versus 2020. Now, looking ahead, this might be overshadowed by the increasing fuel prices and then also by the ongoing capacity challenges and uh, a slower recovery of business travel segment might also then profits of the coming years. And then, of course, this industry, just like any others, might suffer a bit from the rising inflation and increasing prices. And this will have potentially some impact on the revenues in 2021 and uh, beyond. Now, if you look at internet and catalog retails, this was one of the uncontested winners of the pandemic, driven the shift in demand and consumer purchasing habits in 2020. And as such, really, this industry was one of the top 10 best performing industries from a working capital performance perspective. Now, the cash conversion cycle has degraded significantly this past year for this industry, internet and catalog retail. The CCC has degraded by 13%, and this was driven by deterioration of the three components of working capital, DSO deteriorated by two days, DIO deteriorated by four days, and the DPO deteriorated by seven days. 
So the revenue increase is greater than the aggregate average, while the EBITDA margins remain unchanged for this industry, indicating a really uh, constrained sector. Looking ahead, we expect that capacity constraints will remain, and uh, this will really impact this industry, the inability to add physical capacity to match the extremely high demand and maintain service levels to customers in the face of supply chain disruption is expected to continue. This industry also is expected to suffer of the labor shortages experienced across many industries. Inflation and capacity constraints will also have an impact on, on revenues and the overall working capital performance of this industry going forward. Another industry which did really well in previous years, but not that well last year, was household and personal care. This industry was actually the best performing industry from a CCC perspective in 2020, but is one of the worst performing in 2021. So when we look at the key metrics, we can see a cash conversion cycle deterioration of two days, and this was mainly driven by DIO, which deteriorated by five days, and DSO, which deteriorated by one day. Now, the DPO for this specific industry continues to outpace other industries. So with 119 days, the DPO is one of the best still, and this really still continues its improvement year over year. And this industry has been an early and consistent user of supply chain finance, and is no doubt that this is helping to push payment terms for its supply base. Great. Thank you so much for all these interesting industry insights. Now, before we look ahead at what to expect in 2022 and how companies should further optimize their working capital performance, I really want to understand some of the other macro level metrics, especially around liquidity and debt. Sean, can you provide some color there? Sure, absolutely, Damon. First, I think we need to talk about the change in revenue. Isvan touched upon it, but really the change in revenue is notable for this year. If we exclude 2020, the pandemic year, we have typically seen an increase in revenue year over year averaging 4 to 5%. And this year, we've seen a 22% increase. That increase really indicates that neither the supply chain woes nor the inflation pressure have put a dent on the increase in revenue that the top 1,000 firms have experienced. In terms of which industries are driving this increase in revenue, the top three are oil and gas, 73%, airlines is 67%, and metal and mining at 65%. So as a reminder also, the oil and gas industry, if you recall from 2020, has seen a decrease of 35% in revenue during the pandemic year. And now it's back to, not only back to pre-pandemic level, but also much, much higher than it was back in 2019. So the companies have bounced back basically from the early stages of the pandemic when it comes to revenue. But they also saw a 12% improvement in EBITDA margin. So that is a dramatic increase following a 4% drop in 2020. So what I can say here is that companies managed to remain profitable despite raw material and labor pressures. They also accelerated the digital transformation to improve productivity, and they reconfigured their offerings to maintain their profitability, in many cases by reconfiguring their product offering. So that's on the P&L side. On the balance sheet side, cash on hand, typically trading at below 10% of revenue pre-pandemic, has seen a sharp increase last year, 13% of revenue. 
and is now almost back to pre-pandemic levels at 10% of revenue. So this change combined with the decrease in total debt seems to indicate that companies have been using the cash they have hoarded during the pandemic to clean up their operational performance. So that's the change in EBITDA margin and the financial performance, so paying off debt. So a double-pronged approach, if you will, to putting your house in order. Yes, and to follow up on those comments made by Sean earlier, I also wanted to add that despite this revenue increase for the top 1,000 companies, the excess working capital grew substantially as well in 2021, really far outpacing the revenue increase experienced. So as a reminder, what we call excess working capital is the working capital opportunity if all companies reach top quartile working capital performance. So the analysis we conducted shows that the top 1,000 companies have nearly 1.7 trillion tied up in excess working capital. That's up 28% since 2020. And just as a reminder, the excess working capital opportunity identified in 2020 was 1.29 trillion. So really the, the gap or the increase since 2020 is really significant. So now if we would like to break down the overall opportunity by the working capital areas, then the opportunity includes 627 billion in inventory, 533 billion in receivables, and 498 billion in payables. Top performance by industry really continue to convert cash more than three times faster than typical companies. Here we can see a significant gap. Top performing companies convert cash in 15.8 days versus 46.2 days. Top performing companies also collect from customers 43% faster in 27.8 days versus 48.7 days achieved by average organizations. Top performing organizations also hold 58% less inventory, only 28.1 days versus 67.7 days. And top performing organizations also take 50% longer to pay suppliers. Here again, we have a significant gap, 76.6 days versus 51.2 days. So based on the numbers, what I just mentioned below, the largest working capital opportunity is in inventory. Combined with a substantial improvement in DIO at an aggregate level, this really indicates a significant turnaround of inventory performance, not only for top performance, but also for the rest of the study participants. The marginal improvement of DPO at an aggregate level, combined with still a significant gap between top and medium performance, indicates median companies are falling behind in payable performance, this is probably driven by tightening of the supply chain and less opportunity and leverage to action payment terms versus assuring supply. So just to summarize this, despite the positive trends we talked about, the working capital performance gap between best-in-class and median companies continues to widen, far outpacing the growth in revenue, indicating really an acceleration of working capital conversion by the top performance. Exactly. I mean, and which brings us to what comes next, right? I mean, first and foremost, and what I'm guessing is on everyone's mind is inflation. 
record high inflation and ongoing price increases most likely would drive further inventory buildup as companies are taking preemptive actions to protect margins before passing some of those costs to the end consumer. That inflation combined with what we call the great resignation phenomenon is aggravating the current supply chain crisis as the labor shortage created by the mass exodus of workers across many industries has contributed to ongoing disruption and uncertainty. The accelerating workforce crisis is creating significant operational problems for manufacturing, hospitality, and retail, as well as putting further economic and supply chain recovery at risk. And we've seen, I mean, to, to stave off inflation, we've seen that the Federal Reserve has recently increased interest rates, where we've seen a, a 50 basis point increase in May, 75 bips in June, and many are expecting another 75 bips increase in July, making credit less accessible and affordable. So as the cost of capital continues to increase as a result of increasing interest rates, cash flow optimization will need to stay on the corporate agenda to provide liquidity for strategic investments and create a financial buffer given the uncertainty ahead for all of us. So given all these headwinds, what do companies need to do to not only insulate themselves from these uncertainties, but also manage in this new environment of higher overnight bank funding rates? Right. So I would say that the improving working capital metrics for 2021 are encouraging. But as Isvan mentioned, they are contrasted by a significant increase in total excess working capital. So that opportunity, combined with ongoing uncertainties and disruption ranging from high inflation, growing interest rates, geopolitical issues, and the ongoing pandemic, means that companies cannot take their foot off the gas when it comes to working capital management. Prudent companies will not just fine-tune their inventory, receivables, and payable strategy. They will also have to double down, I would say, on capabilities for managing working capital health, increasing their visibility into key indicators, sharing information better across functions, and automating processes to really enable that agility amid the continuing change and uncertainty. Exactly, Sean. So, and to be more specific, let's look at DSO receivables, for example, and discuss what should really organization do to insulate themselves from these uncertainties going forward. So, traditional credit and collection management processes should be reviewed to ensure agility in capturing changing payment behaviors, minimizing exposure to bad debt. Payment terms and contractual milestones may need to be also reviewed and receivables management brought to the forefront of the commercial and contracting process in many industries. Strict unbuilt receivables management policies may need to be implemented for organizations operating in project-based environment, such as engineering and construction, even home building. You know, due to the high inflation-driven price increases, Executing large projects will create a higher financial burden on organizations. Turning unbuilt receivables into customer invoices ASAP will be really crucial to guarantee a healthy and timely cash flow for organizations. On the inventory side, we have seen the example of excess inventory at Target and at many other retailers. Here in this case, the recommendation would be that uh, end-to-end supply chain processes really need to be reviewed to ensure that all these changing demand signals are rapidly recognized, captured, and also communicated across the organization, including some risk assessments on cash, cost, and service implications. Commercial and market intelligence teams 
really need to be well integrated into the planning and manufacturing communication flows to enhance agility across the supply chain. Right. And on the payable side, if I might add, I would say supplier criticality, competition for resources, and the availability of supply may lead some organization to revisit their social location and working capital strategy. So similarly, as Ivan was mentioning about inventory, I would say contingency planning will become increasingly important in procurement and supply planning as evidenced by the pandemic. So both geographically, politically, but also in terms of diversification of supply. So incorporating risk into the cash, cost, service delivery, supply chain planning trade-off, identifying additional sourcing sites, and potentially near sourcing a percentage of critical supply may become higher priorities for companies as we exit the pandemic. Right. So I think here we all agree that this pandemic will create some opportunities and maybe we'll even see some innovation as well in the working capital strategy and management. In conclusion, 2021 has been the year of the great working capital reset. After a tumultuous pandemic year, which has seen disruptions in both operational and financial across most industries, 2021 has seen liquidity and operational performance not only going back to pre-pandemic levels, but also achieving the rare triple crown event of all working capital metrics simultaneously improving. However, the headwinds continue to persist and expand this year, making working capital management a cornerstone of good financial and operational performance for all companies. Ishran and Sean, thank you both for joining me today and for your insights. This has been very helpful. Thank you, Damon. Thank you, Damon. Thanks for listening. You can find the audio, helpful resources, and a transcript of each episode at podcast.thehackagroup.com. If you liked this episode, please share it. You can also subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite listening app so you never miss an episode. We'd welcome your feedback by tapping the rating on this or any episode, or send us an email at podcast at thehackagroup.com. The Hackett Group is a global leader in defining and enabling world-class performance. Learn how we can assist with your improvement journey at www.thehackagroup.com.